everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T and of course we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember, new episodes go up every Wednesday night at 8.30pm Mountain Standard Time on the YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash C slash Scary Movie. Again, youtube.com slash C slash Scary Movie. And you can also check out the audio versions on your favorite podcasting platforms just by searching T-Scary Movie, or Twasm, or T-Watches a Scary Movie, whatever you got to to find the show there. So, what are we talking about tonight? Tonight, we are talking about episode 7 of season 2 of Chucky going to the chapel. We're talking about this on the eve of the final episode of season 2 going up. Oh man, um, this has been such a good season. I'm sad that we're already at the end of it. The fact that we only get two months of Chucky uh, is so, so sad. But I do point out that one thing that we did notice that, we'll talk, uh, that we're talking about as well, too, is that I swear to God I heard at the end of going to the chapel the fall finale. Which to me implies that there are more episodes of Chucky coming possibly in the spring. But I don't know. Because it's been a good tradition now in the last couple of years that Chucky debuts every October. So every Halloween season, we got a new new season of Chucky starting. But if this is true, if I did hear that correctly, and this is only a fall finale, and we're getting more episodes in the spring, does that mean Chucky keeps up with the fall debut, or does that mean we might not be getting a new season of Chucky until 2024? Don't know, uh, but either way, excited to talk about that, and uh, right, because we're right before Thanksgiving as well, too. I don't know why I link vampires with Thanksgiving, but we're going to actually talk about a movie that I've been putting off for quite a while at this point. I added it to the schedule earlier this year, and then when we started just getting more and more and more and more and more new stuff, uh, I kept pushing it back further and further. So we're going to be talking Near Dark, uh, not Near Dark, I'm sorry, I say Near Dark, a film inspired by Near Dark, uh, The Forsaken. And some of you might already be uh, be sad about that because it's like, man, Near Dark is such a, such a good movie. But uh, we're going to be talking The Forsaken. Saken, a uh, vampire film that was inspired by Near Dark that I'm very, very excited to talk with y'all, uh, the, to discuss with y'all tonight here. So we're going to get to that for sure. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into it. We are talking episode seven, season two of Chucky, going to the chapel. So if you remember, episode six left us off in a very nefarious spot to where uh, Nadine had recently been killed by the good Chucky whose programming to good Chucky seems to be wearing off. It doesn't seem to be lasting as much as uh, the Colonel. Dr. Mixter showed up at the uh, Catholic school. They uh, promptly made sure to go and murder Hulk Chucky by uh, poisoning the uh, the communion wafers with arsenic. And then they went on to go and kill Jake, Devin, Lexi, pretty much everybody who is witness to everything that's going on with Chucky. But uh, Andy actually turned the tables and Andy was able to kill the colonel pretty much like that. But it still left Dr. Mixter in control. Dr. Mixter was looking to take the remaining Chucky doll, uh, Good Chucky, which as we're apparently led to believe right now, is the only Chucky doll that's left right now. So she can use the Good Chucky's body to transfer Chucky Prime out of Nika back into the Chucky doll uh, that Good Chucky inhabits. Because 
those are just a little bit more a uh, little bit more sturdy they're a little bit better to carry chucky's soul than a human being clearly is so a deal has been struck at this point that in order to transfer chucky prime out of mika's body into the body of good chucky they're gonna do an exorcism basically mika gets to be mika at this point and chucky leaves nika's body to inhabit the last remaining as we think chucky doll now there's all these problems that our group has to think about as well, too. If you think about it, Lexi. Lexi has probably been suffering uh, suffering the most, I would say, out of everybody this season. I know a lot of times we look at Jake because Jake lost his foster brother, Gary, and he feels responsible for that. Jake lost pretty much all of his family in season one, so he has no living family at this point. But uh, Lexi has definitely been taking the events of season one and everything that's been happening in season two really really hard uh, as we know she's been uh taking drugs to cope at this point and even nadine who she swore she wouldn't be a friend to she actually got really really close to nadine and so uh getting over her drug addiction which has been a uh, running thing this season and uh and, and dealing with everything to do with chucky and devin's uh devin's compelling nature to help out good chucky has kind of been sending sending her spiraling and the death of Nadine was enough to really push her over the edge. So she ends up trying to overdose on the drugs that uh, she ends up tracking down. But she hallucinates and sees uh, Nadine's ghost who convinces her to keep on going. Which is fun because uh, I was sad that we lost Nadine so quickly here. Uh, Bella Hig Higginbotham, who plays Nadine, has been so, so good in the role. Coming off of the Mighty Ducks, which I hope she ends up coming back to the show in season uh season three because season two has been so much fun uh and they've only taken some of the core group of kids from that if you're a mighty ducks fan so i'm hoping that nadine returns in season three here but uh, the fact that nadine got to show up at least for one more time to convince lexi to not uh to not kill herself at this point that was a welcome addition here for it now Things are progressing even further here with the group of, uh, or not with the group, but with Glinda and Glenn and Chucky. Because over the course of this season, as we've been introduced to Glinda and Glenn, um, we definitely know that the two of them don't feel don't feel whole. You know, we know that it's it, it's it's not necessarily a split personality. Um, and I definitely want to make sure I'm being careful about the the wording that I'm using here because in Seed of Chucky. You know, we we uh, we got to we got introduced to Glenn and Glinda, and they're two entirely separate personalities. And I don't want to say it's necessarily a split personality because the end of that movie took those two personalities and uh, Tiffany put them into two children's bodies. So you had Glenn and you had Glinda. And at the time, at the time, Glenn was presented as you know as male, and Glinda was presented as female. And as we've seen now over the show, they're non-binary. Both of them are non-binary. So um, it, it's very interesting because they're two separate people, but they're also one person as well too. And what it seems to me, at least, that we're kind of leading towards is that Glenn and Glinda need to kind of be rejoined together. That they're both two parts of one soul, and you can't really have one without the other. Like think of it kind of like when you kind of like Hellraiser, you know, when uh, Pinhead or the Hellpriest, whatever you're gonna call uh, call them, um, in the Hellraiser movies, you know, got separated from the like the soldier that became the hell priest 
it didn't really work separately. They had to go back together in order to uh, in order to truly stop the Hell Priest from what they were doing. And I wonder if that's kind of what we're looking at here with Glenn and Glinda as well too. That the two of them being separated and not being a whole is effectively killing them spiritually and mentally and that we're leading to the idea that the two of them have to be rejoined in order for both of them to survive i don't know i don't know but we'll, we'll definitely see where that's going we got one episode left so i'm very intrigued to see where they go with that but jake devin lexi father bryce dr mixter Nika, Kyle, they're all there to uh, basically put this exorcism in order. The idea is that they're going to banish Good Chucky's soul to hell. They're going to exercise Good Chucky's soul to hell, which basically frees the doll and allows Nika to transfer Chucky Prime's soul into Good Chucky's body. Now, we knew that this alliance was going to be temporarily lived because uh, earlier in the season when we found out uh, that Good Chucky and Nika are kind of working together, it was only a uh, alliance of convenience. Obviously, uh, Chucky Prime, I said Good Chucky, but Chucky Prime isn't here to do anything good at this point and is just looking to get back and get his revenge. So obviously, there was going to be some repercussions that were coming out of this and we definitely got to see some repercussions here uh, from this because we found out we definitely found out here that uh not everybody is who they were saying they actually were at the end of the day as father bryce took confession from everybody but father bryce not understanding that there is life or death at play here chooses not to reveal uh, all the secrets from these confessions that he's gathering which unfortunately will never be shared at this point because when the exorcism was completed a good chucky soul was sent over to father bryce and then in an awesome gory 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 fashion father bryce exploded uh father bryce played by devin zala absolutely just destroyed and we got our uh traditional our tradition at this point of another devin Sawa character biting the dust hardcore and i'm gonna say it again don mancini please don't stop bringing devin Sawa back because this has been fantastic i love the fact that we keep getting new characters that devin Sawa is playing and they keep getting dispatched in gruesome gruesome ways you have to keep it going for season three let's get devin sawa back in again as a completely different character who ends up getting killed one more time by chucky uh and i think maybe season three might be the last time we'll get that gag i hope not i hope not but uh, i hope we can get devin sawa back as many times as humanly possible in this um and the episode left us off in a very, very interesting place because Good, Ch Good Chucky Soul was sent to Father Bryce. Father Bryce exploded at that point. And then Chucky Prime Soul was placed into the body of Good Chucky, the last remaining Chucky doll. And as Dr. Mixter uh, tried to escape with uh, now Chucky Prime, uh, was thwarted by Andy, who managed to kill what we think was Chucky Prime as Dr. Mixter got away. And that gave us a truly heartwarming uh, look at the lives of Kyle and Andy because you have to think about this, the fact that um, Andy's life has been Chucky since 1987. And, you know, finally, 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 over 30 years later, this nightmare might actually end. And we got a nice call back to Child's Play 2 showing Kyle and Andy walking away from the factory. And at that time, you know, that was the last time that um, 
uh, that Andy really got to talk with Kyle, at least at that point, um, because then that was it for um, uh, for Alex Vincent playing the role until, you know, Curse of Chucky. And they brought him back to it. And it, it, it's just very interesting to see see this because it did seem like it was a send-off for uh, Christina Elise, um, Elise McCarthy, and Alex Vincent, which I hope not because those two are absolutely fantastic. But I also understand that um, they might be done with these characters. Don Mancini might be done with uh, with these characters in this world as well, too. But it, 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 I don't know about that because two things we are left off here. Two things we are left off. Dr. Mixter escaped, but Dr. Mixter seems like she is now inhabiting Chucky Prime. Don't know for sure, but it does seem like Dr. Mixter has taken on Chucky Prime at this point. And so that seems like that might be where we're going. I don't know if that's what we're getting in this last episode, at least for now. But I don't think that Chucky is obviously gone at this point. And then a step further. Nika, who is now free of Chucky, apparently, uh, Nika wanted to take out Tiffany because the thing is, is that Tiffany is still absolutely terrible. Let's not forget that Tiffany is a murderer and Tiffany has put Nika through so much as well, too, including cutting off Nika's arms and legs, uh, which is absolutely terrible, terrible for Nika. But um, when uh, uh, when Glenn has has asked like you know they don't want tiffany to die glenn and glinda want their mom they need somebody at this point nika decided against that and attempted to shoot tiffany in the body of jennifer tilly and one thing that we got to see in this episode is that now tiffany does not have the option of going back to the tiffany doll that was inhabited by jennifer tilly as jennifer tilly chose that took her own life by escaping from the car that contained Glenn and Tiffany and just jumping out in front of a semi truck, destroying that doll. Uh, and when Nika chooses to shoot Tiffany, uh, Glenda, uh, Glenn jumps in front of Tiffany and takes the bullet instead. Now, I don't think we have to guess where this is going, that Glenn's body is probably not long for this world and what this is likely going to end is that glenn is going to end up back in the body of glenn glinda the doll body from seed of chucky which tiffany did show them is that that she has possession of so i don't know where we're going with it but i think it's it's reasonable to believe that the next season might focus a little bit more on tiffany and glenn and glinda at being uh as being like this big these are big bads for season three i'm thinking that's where we're going maybe chucky takes a season off which would be interesting because the show is centered around chucky for sure but do we lose anything from chucky not being our main character in it i don't know i i'm very interested to see where we can go there's a lot of interesting things that are coming up from episode seven and episode eight seems to be a christmas episode so i don't know if we're going to tidy everything up super nicely this seems to focus more on the kids getting back with lexi's mom I, i'm just very interested to see where this could end up going and i don't think everything's going to be tidied up in this one episode um i think we might get to see 
uh, Chucky Prime is Dr. Mixter coming and trying to extract revenge. I don't know if we're going to see Tiffany and Glenn and Glenda show back up at this point. I think we're going to have a lot of questions as this season ends to bring us into season three. I don't know, but I'm very interested to see where it goes. Uh, tune in. You're probably watching this as you're watching the season finale right now or the fall season finale. Um, and hopefully we'll know if we're getting a spring season here. But I'm very interested to see where we're going with it, folks. And that leads us to our movie review tonight. We are talking The Forsaken. Um, so, I had seen this movie a long, long time back, and I wasn't a I wasn't a huge fan of it at the time. the uh, The Forsaken was written directed by J. S. Cardone or Cardone, who you might know uh, has written on quite a number of remakes you might be aware of, including The Stepfather and Prom Night. Yeah, he wrote both. Uh, he helped to write both of those films, Prom Night, a favorite of mine. Um, big big fan of that remake i'm actually a big fan of honestly the stepfather remake as well too i understand they're not considered to be uh be as great as the originals obviously but i'm actually a big big fan of both of those both of those movies and if anything he actually was a producer of the third vampire movie as well too and like the john carpenter series which i've never seen i don't think it has any connections at all to the first or even the second film but uh the forsaken uh, tells the story of sean who is working as a freelance driver taking a car from los angeles all the way to miami which will also allow him to attend the wedding of his sister but along the way he picks up hitchhiker nick who happens to be a vampire hunter who was hunting the forsaken the first vampires that have infected quite a number of people and this movie chooses uh, the 2000s route that we went with a lot of vampire films to where they weren't really focusing on like the romantic nature and like the, the lore of vampires. Things like garlic, things like uh, crosses, things like, uh, you know, the counting of things. Like all these like old tropes, vampires turning into bats and wolves and things like that. A lot of our 2000s eras vampire movies really got away from that. And I thought that was an interesting shift because uh, those movies weren't really, I guess, resonating too much with a lot of people who are watching vampire movies at the time. Instead, a lot of vampire movies in the 2000s and on chose to approach vampires from a uh, like a virus kind of thing. And that's and it's funny enough, I think that's something that John Carpenter's vampires uh really did focus on and a movie that inspired the forsaken near dark to where they didn't really focus too much on a lot of those romantic tropes they focused on vampirism as being this virus basically it's passed down and there's only certain ways that you can get rid of it if you remember in near dark they did blood transfusions and those blood transfusions was the way of curing um, a couple of the vampires in that story and across a lot of vampire movies in the uh, in the 2000s they focused more so on the fact that it was the disease it was kind of like an std basically that once you got it it was really hard to get rid of in some movies you had the ability to get rid of it but in other movies it's there for life at that point and that's kind of the way that the forsaken takes it and it's not this big grand uh, grand movie where vampires are romantic and they're rich and they're doing all these things. We see that the vampires still have a familiar that has to basically drive them around in the daylight and take care of them, played by Simon Rex. We see that these vampires, uh, they're not really so much about the, the vampire fangs or anything like that. Like That's actually not really a big focus in this movie at all, that they have fangs, just more so they need this blood to survive. Um, there is a backstory that they get into with the Forsaken as well. Um, but the whole idea here is that 
if any of these vampires bite you, you have to kill that bloodline. Like, you have to kill that Forsaken that was responsible for whoever bit you. And if you do, everybody gets turned back. And that's really the plight here of Nick. Nick himself um, has been infected by the disease and has introduced these drugs that him and others can take to kind of hold the disease off. But over time, it's going to lose its effectiveness. So Nick is just traversing the country trying to find these vampires so he can turn himself back. And it's interesting um, because I like the, I really do enjoy the concept of it that Nick just isn't this, you know, uh, he, he's not like Jack Crow and Vampires Inc. to where they have all these weapons and they know all these things to help them combat the vampires. He's just this guy who unfortunately got bit at some point and he's just trying to survive as long as he can. He's learned a few tricks, he's learned a little bit of the backstory about these vampires, but he's not this all knowing guy who just has the answers to everything. And that's a common thread that gets picked up between him and Sean, played by Kara Smith. Um, and it's interesting, too, looking at the cast. Kara Smith, Brendan Fair, uh, Isabella Miko, Jonathan uh, Jonathan Sage. Um, these are all, like, the it actors at the time. You know, Kara Smith was coming off of, like, Felicity. Um, or not Felicity, I'm sorry, Dawson's Creek. Brendan Fair was coming off of uh, Roswell. Isabella Miko, Coyote Ugly, Jonathan Sage. Uh, uh, you know, that thing, the thing... That thing you do and a few other things as well. And it's very much a 2000s movie. And man, rewatching it again got me all nostalgic for like the music that was going through it. The look of the actors themselves. Uh, because these days, those aren't the looks of actors that you get. Like it's very much, you know, the shaved heads uh, or like the spiky hair. Um, like it was just, it's such a fun, uh, a fun look at our protagonist even the villains in this movie as well and it's a very it's a very bloody film for sure honestly which is interesting for a 2000s film because while we were big on gore in the 2000s i think we were big on um extravagant gore stuff that didn't look real at all and this is a very bloody movie for sure um and again, it's very different from the typical vampire movies that we get as well, too. There's not a lot of victims in this film, um, which is interesting, again, for a vampire movie, because you think we'd focus on that a bit more, almost to the point to where I think they are very much expecting they would get a sequel out of this. And the film is left in a way that really builds to getting one to the point to where, man, I wish, actually, this is something that somebody would revive. Uh, you know, because it's movie was released in April of 2001. We're over 20 years away from this point. And what's to say that Sean and Nick still aren't out there looking for more of the forsaken at this point i could absolutely deal with a sequel with it now that being said um it's not really highly regarded and i think that's probably because there's not a lot of victims in it we don't get to see these vampires being vampires too much it's not that long of a movie it's only 90 minutes long um so it's a bit short in the tooth honestly and i know you're thinking 90 minutes is an average time but when we spend a lot of that time getting introduced to Sean, getting some introduction to Nick. They bring Megan in, played by Isabella Miko, and Megan herself isn't really that much of a character into the last 20, 15, 20 minutes of the film, which honestly hurts that character. Um, we just don't spend a lot of a lot of time with these characters enough to where um, we really get that much of a connection to them. And that's a downer because I think that if we had another 30 minutes to it, we could actually get a bigger investment into it. It's a bit too short to really connect with a lot of these characters in it. Um, 
the uh and the action in it isn't so isn't isn't extravagant by any means there's a lot of car chase scenes in it which are very reminiscent also of like the hitcher as well uh which is interesting because that's the whole purpose of the story is that sean picks up nick who is a hitchhiker but there are very reminiscent themes here of the hitcher for sure that i was picking up in it and that's not a bad thing in the least bit at all because i'm a big fan of the hitcher but this doesn't really live up to other films like Near Dark and like The Hitcher that had better themes and uh, resonated better with the audiences that were watching with it. Um, it's absolutely not a bad film, in my opinion, but it's not one that I think a lot of you are going to go back and revisit. If you're looking for a good nostalgia trip and seeing how horror was in the early 2000s, I can definitely recommend it for sure. But past that, I don't know how many of y'all are actually going to be dying to go back and check this out. Great soundtrack. Uh, cool concept that might have been executed a little bit better in another film at this point either way if you get a chance check out the forsaken hey everybody i appreciate you checking out this video whether it was a review whether it was a new episode whether it was an unboxing an interview or whatever else I want to remind you you can check out my separate reviews also on my youtube page and new full episodes go up every wednesday night on youtube at 8 30 p.m mountain standard time and on your favorite podcasting platforms at 8 p.m mountain standard time don't forget to hit that subscribe button like and share my name is t we've been talking scary movies stay scared Thank <laughs> you.